Welcome to TrueDemocracy.Global's podcast. Today we are rejoined once again by Larry J. Miller. We will continue our discussion about Robert's Rules of Order. Today we will look at Robert's Rules in its relation to the trial of its members, punishment, and ejection. TrueDemocracy.Global podcast, where we are looking into different aspects and systems of democracy, the technology that supports it, as well as various systems of authority. Our hope is that through understanding and implying shared knowledge and evolving technology so that we can find ways to build trust and encourage constructive collaboration, which may bring about greater freedom for humanity and a true democracy where the power stems truly from the people and everyone has a voice in collaboration with their fellow humans, men and women of any background. We live in an unprecedented time in history with technologies that have never before existed that may help bring about this vision. Larry Miller has been in Toastmasters since 1993, helped charter the Speakers of How, a corporate club when he worked for Hitachi America Limited, How. He was a member of the District 4 Point of Order Club in Toastmasters for three years. Each meeting, they would take a section of Robert's Rules of Order. Every speech and table topic was on that section. Then they would discuss the selection in a round robin fashion. Larry, we are back. All what, right. Yeah. So what can you tell me about this section of Robert's Rules of Order about trial and punishment and ejection of members? I'm interested in this subject because it seems to me in any community at some point, some members might not agree to the point that they are disruptive. In fact, I've experienced that in a few communities before. So I know that it's going to be a process in democracy to be able to deal with these members. That's why I'm interested in how Robert's Rules of Order will handle this. Well, thank you, Jay, for having me back on again. Actually, the disciplinary procedures parts of uh, Robert's Rules of Order don't really get used that much. So therefore, they're not that well known, but they are very structured and very strict on how you deal with different levels of disciplining a person. You can have a, just a censure where you just write in the minutes and everything that uh, so-and-so did such and such and they were censured. And this keeps a record in the minutes so that if this person continues to do that, then you can actually go to a higher level of disciplinary action. And what is uh, censured? What's the definition of censured? Basically, it's a warning given to the person that your conduct is not inducive to a good orderly meeting. It could be someone that continually disrupts the chair or disrupts someone speaking. If they just do it one or two times and then the person, the chair, will either quell it or if it continues, then they can put it in the minutes and that's a censure to begin with. So who, who would enter, who would create the censure or? or... The, the chair. The chair does that. The chair can. Is there a process by which uh, other members could do that in case the chair that's, is not doing it? Or yeah, that's the uh, that's when it gets to higher higher level of dis, you know disrupting. Uh, the other disciplinary procedures is if it's in the bylaws, the member could be fined but it has to be in the bylaws. Okay. And that requires, the censure only requires the chair, but the, the rest of the levels all require uh, the, either a special committee or the assembly or the whole membership. So you, cause you could have a meeting but you don't have all the members there and so there's different levels where you can, where the membership has to be 
notified and they will actually vote on it. Okay. And, but the, but the fine is that has to be written in the bylaws. If it's not written in the bylaws, you can't randomly find randomly find somebody. Yeah. And you can't make it up on the fly either. So, okay. uh, so some of the conduct, uh, so the fine is the next level up. And then the next level up is suspension. And then the next level up is expulsion. And each one of those levels has uh, a certain criteria that you have to go through as far as notifying the person, uh, whether there's a, a formal trial, uh, whether it takes place inside a meeting or whether it takes place outside of the meeting, that all comes into play. Outside of the meeting would be a special meeting for this? No, if they were doing something outside the meeting. Oh, I see. That came under the, the conduct criteria, like uh, some of the conduct is like tending to injure the good name of the organization, mm -hmm. uh, disturb its well-being, uh, hamper it in its work. And so those, those are the ones that they can really nail somebody with. And then it depends on whether it's done in a meeting. In other words, if the conduct was done in a meeting or whether the conduct was done outside of a meeting. If it's done inside of the meeting, that can be taken care of right in the meeting. But if it occurs outside the meeting, then you have to create your formal charges and must be uh, the charges preferred and sent to the person and then a formal trial is held. And like I said, it can be either be a special committee that has been created to oversee this problem or uh, the next meeting assembly or require the whole membership to be there. And that's just depending on the, the level of the disciplinary action and and probably written in the bylaws and or Robert's Rules of Order? Well, yeah, what I'm covering right now is in the Robert's okay. Rules of Order. And basically they, uh, they should be covered in the bylaws also, just to uh, make it clear so people can, when, when they join an organization, theoretically you're supposed to read the bylaws to see what uh, what you can and can't do mm -hmm. in the organization. So the let's let's start with in in many in meeting first. Okay. So you have someone that uh, say the chair recognizes and stands up, starts talking, and then he starts talking about something that's totally outside of what they're supposed to be discussing. So that's a minor infraction. Mm -hmm. And the chair can call the person out of order and say, you're talking about item number B, but we're discussing item A. So keep your remarks to item A. So if the person, you know, goes back to A and that's fine, then Nothing, nothing will come about. But if the person starts getting hostile and naming names and using profanity or stuff like that, then it gets a little, little hairier. So again, the, he can be warned, but he or she can be warned by the chair. But then any member in the assembly or the chair can, the, a member could stand up and say, members out of order. And at that moment, the chair has to take action 
on what's happening. Sometimes chairs are kind of reluctant to, you know, maybe they'll say a few words and they'll be done. Mm -hmm. And so they're reluctant to, to get involved. And so another member can stand up and say, members out of order. And at that time, the chair has to address the problem. It takes precedence over whatever else is going on. Yes. Okay. Yep. And so one of the things that's really highly recommended is to have the secretary log the words being said by the member. Because if something comes up, if something further down the line comes up about this, then we can go back to the log and say, well, here it says right here is what you said. You said you didn't say those things, but here it is right here. Uh -huh. in the I imagine that could be challenging for the secretary to be able to write fast enough, <laughs> whatever the member's saying, but maybe it's just the general idea. You know, the general idea and, uh, you know, as many as the main words that, yeah. you know, he's saying, or if he's uh, degrading another member or saying derogatory remarks to someone, stuff like that. And at that time, if the person is still, you know, you, the chair can ask him to sit down order him to sit down. Mm -hmm. But if you won't, then the, it comes to the point where either a member or the chair can move to order a penalty. Now that could be an apology, uh, leave the room till the, the meeting's over or leave the meeting or you know, leave the room for a certain period of time, or leave the meeting totally. Are those are those yeah. defined by Robert's rules? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, or a censure, or a suspension of membership for a certain um, thing. You know, certain. Uh, if they have certain uh, things that they're supposed to be doing, they could be suspended. Like if they were a PR person, uh -huh. they would be suspended from their PR. A certain job. role. Certain role. Certain role. There you go. Yeah. Or expulsion, but it takes two-thirds votes for an expulsion. But they could be actually expelled right then and there. On the spot? On the spot. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So these um, penalties that you mentioned, are, is there a particular order that they're issued or can the chair just pick one based on the incident or how does that work? Well, that's, that's uh, again, where the assembly comes in. Mm -hmm. uh, the chair can actually ask the assembly, what penalty do you feel is appropriate for this person at this time and if this person keeps talking the chair is supposed to just talk right over him and try to keep conducting the business of mm -hmm. giving a penalty before that you, they recommend the chair does not talk over the person and also that they don't get into a argument back and forth okay. between the chair and the person good idea yeah so just at the point where they're going to issue a penalty is where they're instructed to talk over them. Right. Okay. And so, you know, someone could stand up and say, I believe he should apologize to John Smith if he was bad-mouthing John Smith. Mm -hmm. And... Another person might want to say, you know, leave the room for a specific period of time, come back in the afternoon, the afternoon meeting or something like that, or leave the meeting totally. So that's the lower level penalties. Mm -hmm. But then the higher censure, suspension, and expulsion 
if it uh, if it isn't, you know, they don't agree to the apology or leaving the room or leaving the meeting. And so once someone has said whatever, what, you know, like let's say an apology, then the the chair will have the members vote on whether it should be an apology or not. And it's uh, it's, a, it's not a two thirds vote, it's a 50%, 51% vote type thing. Is it done like with a first and a second? Yes. Okay. And, and then if- And it if, also has to be done uh, on ballot. It has to be done okay. on a ballot. Okay. So it's it's anonymous, right? Okay, and I would imagine just like any motion in Robert's Rules of Order, that once one is on the table, there can't be another suggestion until it's voted on, right? Okay, because it could be that most people don't want an apology, mm -hmm. so they vote it down, and someone else can move to have them leave the room. Or leave okay. the meeting type thing. Okay. In all this time, the member could still be talking. Yeah. Yeah. The person uh, was really belligerent. Yeah. Have you ever seen this in action? One time in uh, District Four. Yeah. In District uh, Four itself. Huh? Yep. District Four. And I've also seen a uh, past district governor actually get uh, expelled by the district and then by Toastmasters International. Okay. So his was a little more grievous than just talking too much, but. Uh, Sounds like probably. Yep. Was, did that all happen within the meeting or was it drawn out? No, that was drawn out outside. I mean, the, the first part was where he was disruptive in the meeting and he was he was voted to leave the meeting and so he did and then later they filed the other charges okay yeah so that's sort of the thing if it's in the meeting mm -hmm. but it's a whole different story outside of the meeting Okay, we, we covered inside the meeting, I think, pretty well, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So anything occurring outside of the meeting that, you know, is like in the conduct tending to injure the good name of the organization or disturb its well-being or hamper it in its work, then, again, you try to resolve it if you can, but if you can't resolve it, then a committee should be assigned to consider uh, preferred charges and they'll get you know witnesses and that sort of thing to find out what happened how it happened who did what and that sort of thing so the committee also investigates right mm -hmm. and so then if they feel that the charges should be filed and what charges should be filed, again, it could be just a censure or suspension or an expulsion. How is the committee formed? The, the committee chair or president of the organization appoints a committee. So it's entirely possible it becomes biased. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, if you say so. <laughs> it's not supposed to, but you never yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then along comes uh, the committee. They say that, yes, we believe this person did do these misconducts. And we believe it should be a, a suspension from the membership for 
yeah. 30 days, 60 days, you know, whatever. And so then they have to do what they call a setting of formal trial. And usually it's 30 days from the time the committee reports back. And so the person is notified of the charges and what's been said for and against it. And they have 30 days to prepare. To prepare. Yeah. And it's, it's just like a, an actual trial. Trial. The chair is the judge or the president or, or whoever they pick. doesn't have to be the president. But mm -hmm. a certain person will be called the judge or not, you know, the chair, the judge. And then two of the committee members will present the charges. Okay. And then for the person's defense, they can either have other witnesses come for their defense, uh, or they can just do it themselves, or they can actually have a lawyer. Okay. And... Uh, so that does serve to balance a little bit any bias that might occur within the committee. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, they can actually have a lawyer. Uh, the, the committee is present, you know, the, the quote prosecution side is presented by two members of the committee. They don't get to have a lawyer. I'm not sure seems a little strange that you would have something like that, but um, but both can have witnesses, like I said. Mm -hmm. So they can also have the witness come during this trial. And then the findings of the trial, and, and let's say, you know, they go through the whole trial and then um, the person has to leave the room and then they'll discuss everything about the trial and everything and come up with whether it's guilty or not guilty and what kind of a penalty it's going to be. Did now, you say that the committee decides that? Right. The, the, the judge, then the two committee members and the lawyer and or whoever's representing the the person from all that they decide that okay together together is that done on a, a, a vote or or is it just uh, a i would think so yes yes but then what happens is the findings are then presented to either the committee or to the assembly. In other words, at your next meeting, you would have uh, the findings and recommendations, and then the assembly would vote on okay. whether to uh, convict or not. Okay. So they're just the committee and the, the trial is just coming up with the possible plan of action for the situation and then the assembly votes two-thirds or three-quarters two-thirds yeah two-thirds yeah so i think we've pretty well covered outside of the meeting any questions you think well I, i'm curious about the levels of punishment versus expulsion is expulsion just one possible punishment or is that a special case no that's that's one possible punishment they they only list uh the three well the four if you count fine but uh so it's censure someone or you suspend them for a certain length of time or expulsion And usually it's it's for something that really is not, you know, getting kind of bad. Yeah. 
And I imagine there's different uh, aspects of, or reasons for a member to be for this for this to need to happen to a member, and some of it could just be the person's knowledge of the processes and the uh, organization, and others could be more serious offenses. I would imagine if it was more just the member's ignorance or needing to learn or understand that it would be taken care of on the lower levels and not have to get up to the punishments and possible expulsion, that, that might be more of a behavior issue with the person. Right. Yeah. You know, like a treasurer of a treasurer can't come up with, uh, you know, seems to keep putting off getting, giving a report on the treasurer. Mm -hmm. Finally, they do give a report and it looks like money is misappropriated or something mm -hmm. like that. Then, uh, then that would probably go all the way up to expulsion. Doesn't have to, but right. You'd they, say if you pay the money back, you know. Yeah. We'll take you out of the treasurer's office, but we'll keep you as a member. Some example like that. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, I'm kind of envisioning members' growth that they have a process of growing within the organization that they might not understand or under their, the role 100%, especially in a group like Toastmasters where you're only in that role for one year, you know, you're put into it and you might not have the background. So this could be a method for learning and understanding. Yeah. But also at some point defining the difference between somebody just needing to learn and understand and just having personality issues that are conflicting with them being harmonious in the organization that and not having a, a good mentor yeah 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 that would fall along the path of just growing you know the person has an opportunity to grow and the minor um, the the minor infractions or disciplinary actions are just an opportunity to grow. Can be the uh, terminologies in Toastmasters. It's a, it's a safe place to fail and learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it might yeah. not apply to every organization, but that's definitely what it is in Toastmasters. That's what it's supposed to be. Yep. Okay. Did we cover everything? Well, we covered uh, disciplinary procedures inside and outside a meeting. Mm -hmm. And I think you also wanted to cover removal from office and other remedies for okay. dereliction of duty. Okay, if that's something different, yeah, let's, let's dive into that as well. Yeah, so yeah, removal from office and other remedies for dereliction of duty in office or misconduct is another whole side issue for Robert's Rules of Order. That can be like the abuse of authority by the chair. Uh, the, the chair might not like uh, John Smith and John Smith gets up and say, I move and, and he does it correctly. He mm -hmm. gets recognized by the, the chair and then says, you know, I move that we do ABC. And the chair ignores that and doesn't address it or just says, well, we're not interested in doing that or whatever. So that's, that's abusing his authority as the chair. Right. The chair doesn't, doesn't respond in the, in the, interest of Robert's Rules of Order itself. Right. Yep. And so that can really get dicey mm -hmm. if, uh, if, if you have a chair that's kind of a renegade. And again, it's up to the members to, you know, call them on that and say the chair is out of order. 
uh, and they can go through the whole same thing as uh, in a meeting that we covered before, disciplining our actions in the meeting. But the first thing would be to ask the chair to relinquish the chair and appoint another person. Right there on the spot. Right there on the spot. Mm -hmm. And if they're not willing to do that, then the assembly can actually uh, vote the chair out and uh, then vote some other person in as a chair. For that meeting or for the? Uh, for that meeting. Okay. For that meeting. And then the other thing is a removal from office. So if you have someone that's not uh, doing their job in, in the office that they were elected to or appointed to, then there's ways to uh, deal with that. But the tricky part in this segment of Robert's Rules of Order is that you have to have something in your bylaws about how long each person serves in the role. And it also depends on how it's written. For example, if the bylaws state that the person shall serve for like two years or until their successors are elected. You can do a motion to remove and it takes two thirds votes or a majority if it was a previous notice. In other words, before the meeting in the proper time frame, it was noticed that, hey, we're gonna vote at our next meeting to remove so-and-so from office. Then it only takes the majority of the members present. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now that, the one word in there is the or. And I'll get back to that in a second. Because the next one says, if you say shall serve for two years and until their successors are elected, mm -hmm. they can only be removed for cause, a neglect of duty in office or a misconduct. Mm -hmm. So it has to be pretty serious. The other way, you can just say the person's not doing their job and you can vote them out. So if you have an or, in there for two years or until their successors are elected. You can vote them out with two thirds vote, just saying they're not doing their job. Mm -hmm. I see the difference, the or is, um, well, well, I don't know quite what the difference well, is. The next next one is uh -huh. sure for two years and until mm -hmm. their successor is elected. So that person is still in there until their successors are elected. Oh, so I the see. Only way to, the only way you can remove them is for neglect of duty in office or misconduct. Because there has to be an, a successor right. according to the end. Okay. Right. And in that same meeting, you can also appoint the uh, new successor. Okay. If, if it's an if it's an or or if they're being removed for cause. But I thought that was very interesting the way. Yeah. Just that one little word. The power of one little word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the difference it makes. Especially and or or. Yeah seems rather insignificant, but it is really very significant. Mm -hmm. So that's that's about it for, I mean, you have to go through the whole uh, committee and trial and all that. Mm -hmm. um, 
to remove somebody from office. You couldn't remove them right there on the spot in a meeting. No. But uh, so that I think that pretty well wraps it up as far as the disciplinary procedures that Robert's Rules of Order have. It's uh, pretty detailed. It has all the time uh, amounts of time that has to you know occur between everything also okay yeah so you have 30 days to set for the the uh trial and there's so many days you gotta give them to do such and such and, and then there's so many days before you you know uh that you have to go before the assembly mm -hmm. you know you can't just string it out forever to keep it fair or as fair as possible. Right. Are now there are are there ways to request more time by either party? Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure, you can do that. The uh I think the uh I used to be a realtor mm -hmm. from uh what ninety-nine, no ninety-eight through 2010 and what they they have set up i think is really the way to go but you know there's a lot more complaints too in realtors in the real right. estate business yeah complaints by by who by uh consumers okay and, and other and other realtors you know he stole my my lead you know okay Realtors, they tend to think of as like a solo gig. They're working alone, but apparently not. No. Mm -hmm. Now, what they have done is they have a, a lower level committee that looks at what the complaint is, whether it's mm -hmm. from a consumer or whether it's from another realtor. Now, if they think what they see justifies that it goes higher. There's another whole set of another set committee that is like a judge and jury type committee. And to be on that committee, you have to have been on the first committee so many years. And then there's a, the vacancy, you can move up to the next one. Okay, so there's a level of seniority. Right. Right. And I got to sit on the low level one for my length of time. And then I was able to sit on the upper one, which uh, actually does the trial and uh, investigations and okay. And punishments. Is this punishments? Is this using Robert's rules of order? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then there's more detailed instructions are in within their bylaws i would imagine yes. it, it yeah. gives this several levels of right and talk about different uh situations mm -hmm. uh, the different interactions and stuff like that and this so i think so i think that's a, a really fair system because you have a, a committee of your peers that are you know looking at the first mm -hmm. go around and most of them are settled at that at that level but then some of them are heinous enough that they go up to the the next level and that's actually like uh like we were describing the trial and charges and stuff like that okay and just to be to understand this applies to all realtors or is it just a certain no. committee of realtors if you are a realtor, mm -hmm. if you are a real estate person, in other words, you just have a real estate license, uh -huh. you're not, you could be called into their system. Okay. But it's mainly to keep, because there's a, there's a, you know, you you can, anybody can get a real estate license. And but then and to be a, and then they're uh, they work solo basically, right? Okay, that's what right. I wanted to understand the difference. Right. 
but if they join the organization of realtors, okay, then they have to abide by this two committee level. And they scenario. have the title realtor. Yes. Which gives them a little more prestige than just a real estate. Right. But that goes a little deeper into that particular community that that uh, is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always interested in one looking at how fair systems are, and then also the the levels of seniority and title that gives somebody a little bit more prestige because they have experience within that organization as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so your realtor example is is really right on in that aspect. Yeah. But yeah, it gets at the upper level there. That uh, that get, gets pretty dicey sometimes. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't think we need to go into details there, but no. it's good to know. No. Yeah. <laughs> and you served on the, you served on that upper level for how long? Uh, I think about five, six years, something like that, okay. five years. Yeah. How active were you in that? I mean, how active did you need to be, I should say? Was it a full-time job or was it just on no. occasion? No, it's just on, a, on occasion. Okay. And uh, there was enough people in the committee that you were rotated to, so you didn't always uh, get every case, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Uh, so that was good too. And if, you know, someone had any, um, you know, if the chair thought I had some dealings with some person that's being charged or something like that, then they probably wouldn't put me on that. Yeah. Okay. On that. Look for where you might be biased. Right. Right. Yeah. And this was for specific dealing with uh, specific in individuals in disciplinary action for certain dis uh, specific individuals. Right. Okay. Yeah. There's that many? There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. Well, on, on one hand, it's good to know that there's a system in place for that. On the other hand, it's a little interesting or disturbing to learn that there's a lot of need for it. Yeah. Yeah. Is there within that organization of realtors, is there like levels of, um, I don't want to use the word prestige, but levels of, um, well, yeah, let's, let's use that word um, within like realtor one, realtor two, or that you can if you're hiring somebody, you know that they've been in this organization a certain amount of time and they have a certain level of um, authority or um, what's the right word? Expertise. Uh, expertise and yeah, I'm blanking on the right word. Okay, let's use expertise. Well, there's a lot of classes that uh, people uh, in real estate and realtors can go to to get other uh, uh, letters behind their name okay you know whether they are uh, uh, well versed in like reverse mortgages or uh, let's see the first thing that came around for the computers was uh, what was it because I was I was one of the like the second or third person to get qualified in this one uh, computer thing back in 98. Mm -hmm. But um, but also as far as uh, a lot of people work with the housing, a lot of the realtors work with uh, housing uh, organizations, and so they get trained in that. Uh, the specific credentials. Yeah, credentials. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Credentials. That's what it is. Yeah. I guess that's one thing. But what I was interested in is. Um, I'm still blanking on the word, but levels of just knowing that somebody has been there long enough to have a certain integrity within their um, within that field, meaning well, they haven't been 
put through the disciplinary system <laughs> or if right. they have they have um, complied or whatever well there you know you can also be on the uh the realtor board mm -hmm. that's prestigious to be on the realtor board and or be the president of the realtor board and to me the ultimate was to be on the berries board the berries berries is the bay area information let's see real estate information system mm -hmm. and that's the one that's the organization that uh, is overseer of the whole system from northern california to about the middle of california and they're in charge of making sure all the realtors and all the real estate companies are abiding by the rules and, and et cetera. And it's kind of funny. I, I ran for the board twice, I think. And someone else beat me both times. Okay. But then uh, I put in to put be on the Barry's board mm -hmm. and got accepted. Oh. So <laughs> I thought I was going to have to do the board first and then oh, do the berries. Okay. Then I just, I just jumped into the berries, but went, unfortunately, went straight to the top. I, yeah, unfortunately I was only there for about a year and a half when I decided to retire, but that, uh, cause that organization berries is the whole Northern California down to the middle of California. Uh, I think they even up in Oregon now they've been branched out. Was this before or after you did the Point of Order Club? No, that was, uh, let's see, when did I do the Point of Order Club? I was 93, so it must have been, yeah, no, I wasn't a realtor then. So yeah, I was, yeah, I did the Point of Order before. Okay, so yeah. you, you had the background. Yeah, and that. I think that's part of what really helped me in mm -hmm. doing the committee work in both levels and then being at the at the berries level so i mean it it's helped me in my club meetings uh and uh it's just a, it's just a, you know when we're in uh district uh conferences and stuff it's good to know to me, it feels like it's good to know the Robert's Rules of Order so you know what's going on, right. why they're doing certain things. And if they're not doing certain things, you can say point of order yeah, and you can correct it. And I, I imagine so few people are versed with Robert's Rules of Order to the degree that they really need to be in, in those type of meetings or could be. And actually, that's not a good word or that is beneficial for them to be in the right. business meetings like that where it's being used quite a bit well, that's why you normally would want uh you know in a large assembly like district 57 has their yeah parliamentarian so the district director can uh, if something comes up they can turn to their poly parliamentarian and ask them you know what should i do here what's the next step or you know that sort of thing and supposedly the parliamentarian knows all of the rules yeah the, and have the book there just in case you have the book there and yeah i would imagine that that's another so finding enough people to be qualified for that yeah yeah i've always kind of toyed with the idea of volunteering for that job but yeah that means you have to go to all the meetings and all that good stuff. So. You have to. If you're saying have to, then it's it's probably not something <laughs> what that you I want really to do. Want to do. Yeah. yeah, as opposed right. to I get to go to all the meetings and yeah, right, yeah. Okay. Well, we went off on an interesting tangent talking about the Realtor Association, which I found very fascinating. It was actually thinking about trying to get you off on a tangent talking about ARPANET. Oh, ARPANET. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which you were involved in 
And I, I would actually like to learn more about that. Yeah. And uh, would you be interested once again in coming back and talking about that? Do you have enough uh, background to maybe do an episode on that? Well, I have enough background, but it's been a long time. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, I, I'm interested more in just kind of getting a feel for it, the history and uh, what it does and just to be ARPANET was the where the Internet was born. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was the militaries. Yeah. And that that falls under the category of systems of technology that, in my opinion, support uh, democracy is the internet mm, so right. it's it's it, while it's something totally different it it falls within the category of what i'm up to with this podcast yeah yeah i'll, I'll consider that I'll okay consider that. we'll talk yeah. offline and and um see if there's some enough there to do an episode on it could be a short one yeah okay anything else no i think i'm i'm done well thanks a lot larry it's um it's been great to have you, your expertise, and uh, that you're willing to do this for me, yeah, for us, for for our, our listeners. Yeah. However, few or many there may be at this point, <laughs> but um, never know. <laughs> take off tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. The True Democracy Global Podcast mission is to explore topics related to democracy and systems of authority, as well as the technologies that support them. We cast a wide net to bring in information from a variety of sources, hence, like we did here today with Robert's Rules of Order, the Realtor Association we touched on, and also exploring the possibilities of ARPANET. Bring in information from a wide variety of sources with the intention of shedding light in every corner and illuminating a broad and deep understanding of the systems that exist past and present with this understanding, we refine our nonprofit mission, which supports our vision to build trust, encourage constructive collaboration, and provide an avenue for the authenticity of and the secure storage of information. Please visit truedemocracy.global for more information.